Is there a library, a bookstore around here where I could book some rock and roll? Rock and roll. Oh, it's true. This is a story that needs to be told. These rock and rollers want something to read. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Rock and Roll Librarian. With me today, as always, is Shelly Sorensen. How you doing, Shelly? I'm doing good. Hi, everybody. What's going on in the librarian world? Well, I Lots, actually... Lots, right? It's very exciting, yes? The librarian world yeah. is extremely it's exciting. Like, I understand it's like the Kardashian world. <laughs> It could be. You know, actually, I've thought the last few years that a public library would be a great place to do a reality show. I'm not kidding. Yes, it's like, it definitely would be. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially the San Francisco Public oh, Library. yeah. It can be fun, interesting, crazy, educational. Yeah, uh, and sometimes dangerous. Uh, there's good drama to be happening. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, anytime you have the public involved in anything, there's always room for fun. Public and books. That's yes. right. <laughs> The thing I wanted to tell you about today is... Oh, you want to tell me about something? I want to tell you about something because I think that our listeners will really be interested in an online resource that the San Francisco Public Library offers, but other libraries may also offer this too, and it's called Rocks Back Pages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this. Yes. Uh, actually, I think we've used a little bit of it for some of the main podcast, mm -hmm. the Rock the and Roll Archaeology podcast, for some of the research. Yeah, there's some good... Uh, research to be had here. So tell us more. Well, it's a, an online resource uh, if you're a member of the library that subscribes to it. The online library it. of pop writing. Yes. <laughs> is that what it's, is that what you That's see about what it that? Says. Yeah. Actually, it's a really really cool archive of music journalism. So, um, there are starting in about 1960 there are articles, interviews, reviews of albums, and all this kinds is from of like Rolling Stone magazine. Rolling and Stone Cream is and indexed. And, oh, they are okay, okay. Yes, Rolling Stone, Cream, New Music Express, oh, New NME, Musical Express. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so for example, uh, I was just looking at it today, and there's a, an article in Cream magazine you can read from 1979 about Jerry Lee Lewis's new album. So you know, Jerry it's really Lewis has a new album. Now? Yeah, oh, in, in 1979. Yes, I know. Yeah, I it's really fun. cool. I mean, you can totally go down a rabbit hole with this resource. You go and you just type in, you know, the name of a rock and roll musician that you're interested in reading about, and you get a chronological list and can read interviews music reviews associated with that person. The ultimate archive of yeah, it's music really, journalism. It's, it's primary Over 30, sources. 30,000 classic articles on artists from Alaya to ZZ Top on all genres from rockabilly to hip hop by the finest music writers of the last 50 years. Wow, you got it. That's what it says. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of cool. So now, so the San Francisco Public Library, if you are a member, you can get this for free? That's right. You oh. can uh, go to our website and find uh, Rocks Back Pages, and apparently it will be uh, linked on the Rock and Roll Librarian. It will be linked on, not apparently, yes, ah. it will be linked on the Rock and Roll Librarian's page on the Rock and Roll Archaeology 
website. That wasn't just a rumor then. No, not no, a rumor. No, no that, okay. is a, that is a definite. So. Yes. So I would recommend people from at least all over the country, if not. Because it's not just the San Francisco Public Library. No, I'm sure I mean, if you are a member of a public library in the United States, there is a possibility maybe even a good possibility that uh, they also have rocks back pages. That's right. And, and if, if they, not, they can ask. That's yeah? right. And libraries are always ears wide open to things that their public and their patrons you would like that, to have. Go and demand, demand rocks back pages. That's right. Okay. All right. So this week we have a new book and something a little different. You came to me and said, I want to do this. And, you know, hey, I have to listen to the demands of the rock and roll librarian. <laughs> so uh, tell us what we've got going this week. Well, I thought I'd do something a little different. I don't know if you know this, but I was a children's librarian for 29 years. No, I did not know that. What does it mean to be a children's librarian as opposed to an adult's librarian? Oh, we, you know, we serve children and teens and, you know. I mean, other than the obvious, yes. Right. And work with the books and so you, what's this with the San Francisco Public Library? Yes. You, you specifically worked on uh, providing books that are uh, geared towards the audience of children and teens. That's right. And I spent, you know, a lot of time visiting classes, reading aloud to children, telling them about books, doing story time, that kind of thing. Now I'm in a more kind of boring managerial position, but that's what I did for 29 oh, years. Oh, yes. Management. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get you to Rock's Back Pages, you know. You are the rock and roll librarian. That's right. And I was actually instrumental in getting us Rock's Back Pages. So that's the thing that I do now. That's cred. I believe that's what's called street cred. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm edgy. Right. You are edgy. Okay. So, all right. So children's books. Yes. All right. And you've come at me with a very interesting one. I did. I found a book that I really love and it's called Little Steve. Stevie Wonder. So when it's was a, the first time you read this? Oh, a few days. Oh, a week yeah, or so ago. Oh, okay. Yes. I, no, no. I, actually, that's not true. I, I was looking for some children's books about musicians. Actually, we do have um, a lot of children's books have been written about rock and roll musicians and musicians of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And personally, I like reading children's books. If I want to get a basic knowledge of, of something, it's a really great place to go to get, you know, like I just want to know something about a person or a time in history or read a really good book. Children's books are excellent. I mean, there's so many great children's authors and beautiful, you know, artists that do beautiful children's illustrations. And so the book that I found, it's by an author named Quincy Troop. And it's illustrated, it has beautiful illustrations. So I'm going to read it aloud to you all on the air. You're going to show everybody the illustrations too, I can't do that on the radio. that's right. We can't do that. (laughs) Uh, So you folks out in radio land or podcast land, I should say, need to go and pick up this book, especially if you've got kids. What kind of ages would you recommend this for? uh, This is for maybe about five to 10, ages five to 10. Okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, It's written in verse. And it's written by an accomplished poet and uh, uh, somebody who's been very active in African-American history and arts. And I think it's a lovely book and it would be a great way to share the fabulous Stevie Wonder with your children. Fabulous Uh, is a perfect adjective for Stevie Wonder. I have been a Stevie Wonder fan since I was a teenager. Yeah, me too. I just love him. He is just the greatest. You know, I I got to see him here just recently at Bottle Rock, uh, one of the headliners. Oh. It was fun. It was 
interesting. The band was on top of it. He played a little bit uh, with his iPod, which was kind of interesting. But, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know, you know, a lot of people have passed. And I think he uh, he had a, an affinity for that. So he played some pieces literally from his iPod from uh, various artists that had passed here uh, in the first part of the year. So, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So let's get into it. This is the rock and roll librarian who's going to read Little Stevie Wonder by Quincy Troop. Stevie Wonder by Quincy Troop, illustrated by Lisa Cohen, and published by Houghton Mifflin, 2005. Isn't he lovely, this blind black boy born to love everyone? Oh yeah, isn't he lovely, this small blind boy, thinking of his fingertips? Snapping those fingers before unseeing eyes, he starts humming. Then he turns that humming into a song. Shake it. Shake, shake a tail feather, baby. He shakes his head in time with the music, shakes it from side to side, makes up a beat, and keeps the beat going inside his mind, where he sees everything in pictures. Oh, isn't he lovely, this blind black boy born to love everyone? Isn't he lovely? Oh, isn't he lovely? was born on May 13, 1950, in Saginaw, Michigan, to Lula May Hardaway and Calvin Judkins, who name him Steveland Judkins. When Lula moves to Detroit, she carries little Steveland, and he takes on a name from Lula's side of the family, Steveland Judkins Morris Hardaway. Little Steveland grows up like a vibrating root, listening to blues music on the radio. He is a magical boy, this blind little boy. What he can't see, he knows through touch, through his seeing eye fingertips, through his big warm heart that thumps in time with the music like an old African drum. This young boy's heart is touched through love, love that turns into music, love that becomes sweet-smelling flowers blooming fresh in springtime after warm rain has washed down. And through his ears, he sees more clearly than most people do with their eyes. Oh, isn't he lovely, this blind black boy born to love everyone? Isn't he lovely? Oh, isn't he lovely? 
He is a fun-loving boy who loves to play jump rope, hide-and-go-seek, and ring around the rosy. He is a curious boy who imitates all the black singers he hears over the airwaves. He starts banging on bongo drums when he's seven, starts playing the piano of the lady next door like he owns it when he's nine. That's when everybody knows little Stevie is a musical genius. Then his uncle gives him a harmonica and he starts singing in the choir. Oh, isn't he lovely, this blind black boy born to love everyone who feels and knows everything through his fingertips and ears. Genius boy who sees through sound a toy car that drops on the hard floor, a quarter, a pin, a baseball, a dime that falls on the countertop. Steve Lynn Judkins Morris Hardaway whose head lives in dreams, is always making up songs inside a rich imagination. And when the boy named Stevie starts singing in Detroit's back alleys and on crowded street corners, people cheer, clap their hands, and whistle. Then one day, a big man over at Motown, Hitsville, USA, Here's Stevie Sing, signs him to a record contract, and gives him a new name, Little Stevie Wonder. When he's 13 years old, Little Stevie records a hit song called Fingertips. Millions of people all over the world dance the nights away when they hear little Stevie sing. Shoo-be-doo-be-doo-be-doo-da-day. A few may wonder what my heart will say. Soon Stevie becomes a song, growing in the ears of people everywhere. Fans snap and pop their fingertips when they hear the Wonder Man's music. They smile and sway when his hands caress his harmonica, his fingertips and breath pulling sweet music like magic from that old blues instrument of wood and polished steel. Isn't he lovely, little Stevie Wonder, born to love everyone? In music of my mind, this beautiful voice who sings like an angel on talking book, right before our eyes takes us to a higher ground, singing Master Blaster Jammin' and Happy Birthday for Martin Luther King Jr. Well, ribbons in the sky 
Isn't he lovely when he sings ribbon in the sky? This wonder man, born to love everyone. Through thick and thin, he grows strong, and he sings and sings. Little Stevie grows into a sequoia tree of a man. He takes his inner vision, his words, his voice, and spreads joy and peace, telling everyone that we are the world and harmonizing ebony and ivory. He keeps growing with a smile bright as a clear daybreak on his dark, luminous face. The words of his songs, now dazzling stars, shining diamonds in the night sky, like words of Braille, his fingers touch. Isn't he lovely? Stevelyn Judkins Morris Hardaway. Little Stevie Wonderland. Now, Stevie Wonder. Oh, isn't he lovely? This luminous wonder of a man. A sequoia tree of a man. A rainbow of song. Born to love everyone. Thanks for reading that, Shelley. That was really nice. Thank you. Sounds like you've done this before. I have for about 29 years. So how did you pick this book? I just was looking through the children's book section about musicians, and this one popped out at me firstly because it's physically so gorgeous. The illustrations are really lovely, and I love Stevie Wonder. I've always loved Stevie Wonder, oh, yeah, so I just kind too. of yeah, jumped it's... off the shelf at me and said, you must read me right now. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. All right. And tell me a little bit about the author. Well, the author is a very interesting man. Mr. Troop, actually, to to, Quincy uh, Troop, correct? Yes, Quincy mm. Troop. Actually had a conversation with him on the telephone this I morning. I heard you actually got to speak with him. I did. It was... Well, of course, we put you up to it. We kind of pushed you that way. We we kind of felt that if you were going to read the entire book, we, we really needed to get permission from the author. Yes. And I'm really glad you did. I was nervous. Well, you may not know this, but I'm not a super outgoing person. And uh, so I was sitting there with the phone well, number. Well, I think it just shocked the entire audience, but okay. <laughs> 
well. So I'm sitting there with the phone number going, oh, I'm going to call somebody I don't know. And he was the most gracious, generous man. He really, you know, he spent time talking to me. He was really interested in the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project and what we were doing and what's a podcast and stuff like that. So <laughs> oh, that's I, okay. I've heard that many times. What? What? What's a podcast? Well, yes. I, I barely knew what one was before I started doing this, but um, I have had to show so many people how to subscribe to a podcast. Hey, we even have a page on our website that actually shows you how to subscribe to a podcast. Excellent. I'm going to send my mother there. You can just push there. them there. Yes, exactly. And my friend who right, was having trouble right, with her right. podcasts. Anyway, so I talked to him this morning and he has had quite an interesting history. In fact, when I called him, he apologized because he doesn't have very much time because he's working on four books at oh, one geez. time. Yes, he's a... He's writing two books of poetry and his own memoir, which I am really looking okay, forward I'm, I'm to reading. I'm on his Wikipedia page here. Wait a minute. He hung out with Sartre? Jean-Paul Jean Paul Sartre? Yeah. Yes, apparently. Okay. When he was and, in the army, right? And he's buddies yeah. with Miles Davis or was was friends with Miles Davis? Wow. Okay. He, he's incredible. He, he said he has written 20 books after these latest ones are published, and his goal is to write 25 books in his life. Oh, before the great unknown. That's right. Yes, and passing, which I'm right. sure he will still be writing. Uh-huh. He's best known hey, for... Hey, he's a Magic Johnson guy. I'm Okay, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, I think, best known for his books. He wrote two books about Miles Davis, uh, the famous jazz trumpeter. And the Wait, one... Wait, he wrote The Pursuit of Happiness with he, Chris Gardner? Oh, yeah. He wrote the, <laughs> that in 2006, which the, the movie, which yeah, a movie Smith, was yeah. made mm -hmm. from. Yeah. yeah. And the book that he wrote about Miles Davis and himself, which is about their friendship, is called Miles and Me. And that was written in 2000. And he wrote a screenplay, actually, and that's going to be made into a movie soon. Oh, can't wait for that. Yes. He had a totally interesting life. Born in St. Louis, son of Quincy Troop Sr., who was a baseball player. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, I think so. From the Negro Leagues. Yes. Yes, that's right. And he, uh, Quincy Jr., traveled around with his dad quite a bit to Cuba and Puerto Rico and Mexico, where his father was playing baseball in oh the my leagues. Oh, God. Wow. And then when he joined the Army and Instead of it looks like he went to Grambling State University and then yes, uh, left and joined left the and army. joined the army and played basketball in the army. So mm -hmm. he was a great basketball player. Uh, moved to L.A., studied journalism, and wrote for the L.A. Times and many other papers. And then he became a professor and he's yeah, UC San Diego. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and before that at UCLA, at Ohio, U, Columbia, etc. And so one thing that was so interesting is he was very involved in an organization called the Watts Writers Workshop, which was in Los Angeles when I was a kid mm -hmm. in Los Angeles and got you know, it's kind of like a Harlem Renaissance kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 65 to 73. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a child. Oh, along with Yafet in, Koto. Okay. All right. I told him, you know, I was a kid and we lived close to Watts, actually, in Baldwin Hills in L.A. at the time of the Watts riots. And so it was just really interesting to me to think of being a kid in, you know, in the same kind of area where he was doing all this very cool work for black power, black arts and civil rights. And 
And, you know, that's kind of where he had his uh, workshopping, you know, kind of flexed his muscles as a poet. And while he was there and living in L.A. Wow, this guy's a major dude. He also played chess with Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow, really? Yeah, his cousin well, was Miles Ray Charles. Davis, um, Ray Charles, art man. This guy's been around. Yeah, I'm looking forward to his memoir anyway. And he was very sweet and said, you know, he's coming to the Bay Area in October and maybe we could meet each other, which would be really fun. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Maybe we can have him come down and uh, do an interview for the Rock and Roll Librarian. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. That well, would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, music, archaeology, the latter half the 20th century history, I think somehow will be right up his alley. Yes. And he's, you know, as an academic, totally interested in cultural history and music plays into that. In fact, one of the more recent things he's been doing is like a duo with a guitar player where they, I saw this on his website, where he reads his poetry and the guitar players playing and they've worked up this really neat show that they do. Well, that's funny. I mean, you know, our other show, Deeper Digs in Rock, the next edition will be an interview with Jay Stevens. And Jay was kind enough to send me some of his spoken word poetry with some uh, some background music that was pretty awesome. In fact, we've included some of that into the upcoming episode. So, well, Shelly, this has been great. Very interesting about Quincy Troop. The book was fantastic. Thank you for reading it. And I think if you have young children out there, what, what would you say would kind of fit in this age group here? Oh, I think from about age five to 10. Okay. You could okay. read it to a younger child. Just depends on the kid. Yeah, please go out and pick up this book at your local library, or uh, I'm sure you can find it at uh, your local bookstore and certainly Amazon.com, which you can probably find from our website. This was a little bit unique for us, but somehow I think we might do this again. It was a lot of fun. Yes, I would like to do this again because there are some really great children's books about musicians and, of course, both of which are near and dear to my heart. All right. Well, folks, this was the Rock and Roll Librarian reading Little Stevie Wonder, of which Shelley read the whole thing by Quincy Troop. And we look forward to hearing what you have for us next month, Shelley. So anything else to add? I don't think so. Just keep on rocking, everybody. All right. Keep up the rocking. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. of social injustice. Oxfam America works with people in more than 90 countries to save lives, develop long-term solutions to poverty, and campaign for social change. And we do it with the help of our friends in the music world. The Beatles were Oxfam supporters back in the day. So were the Stones. And through the years, musicians and music fans have helped Oxfam push hard to work for a just world without poverty. 
Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. The Rock and Roll Librarian. Produced and hosted by Christian Swain. Co-host, Shelley Sorensen. All sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson. All quotes performed by actors unless noted. Playlists can be found at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please purchase these great and important tracks. All songs, clips, and references can be found on our show notes. Please visit rnrap.com for more information.